Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post-reorg in the European and CEMIA markets. It's Tuesday, September 5th. I'm Phoebe Pinting. Coming up this week, we will discuss the revitalization of the primary deal pipeline after the summer lull with senior reporter Beatrice Mavrolian. Then we will delve into snooze drag provisions in amending extend transactions with senior legal analyst Ian Chin. But first, let's discuss Spanish steel company Celsa, whose creditor-led restructuring plan was approved yesterday with litigation analyst Conor Lovell. This week, a court in Barcelona handed down a long-awaited judgment approving the restructuring of Spanish steel company Celsa. Under the creditor-led plan, lenders will take full control of the group for a debt-for-equity swap. Connor, can you tell us what's so interesting about this case? So the short answer is that this is the largest restructuring so far under Spain's new restructuring plan. It's also the first judgment which deals with the issue of rival valuation evidence, amongst some other things. So the plan was subject to root and branch opposition by the Rurubalta family, so they're the, the existing shareholders. Uh, they unsuccessfully requested a referral to the European Court of Justice and to Spain's Constitutional Court. Um, they were refused on both points. In a 150-page judgment that includes quotations from the philosopher Karl Popper, the court ruled in favour of the creditors, um, whose valuation reports indicated that the shareholders were out of the money. In particular, the judge said that the valuation report compiled by Lazard on behalf of the company was undermined by uncritical use of financial forecasts, which were provided by Celsius management, which included overgenerous assumptions of future price rises. We all will publish a full review of the judgment later this week. So despite this resounding defeat, it appears that Celsius shareholders haven't given up just yet. Sources say that they may lobby the Spanish government to block the takeover of the group by foreign creditors. Under Spain's foreign direct investment law, which took effect on the 1st of September, State approval may be required if non-EU creditors acquire more than 10% of the shares of a company which has national strategic importance. So it appears that this fight isn't over just yet. We would like to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience. So please take a moment to complete the short survey in the link attached to this podcast and let us know how we're doing. Earlier on, I had a call with senior reporter Beatrice about primary market activity. Beatrice, over to you. This week, the primary market has started to come back to life. Equipment rental company Bowles is marketing 400 million euros of senior secured notes for refinancing. Energy services group Rexel is marketing another 400 million euro uh, of notes for the group's acquisition of energy and lighting group Wasco. And holiday rental company Aways is marketing a 350 million euro term loan B extension. Issuers are basically preparing to bring uh, to the primary market uh, deals that uh, will tackle outstanding 2024, 25 and 26 maturities. About 15 to 16 bonds, most most of which are expected to be refinancings, and seven to eight loans are expected to come to the market this month. Activity in the loan market will be probably focused on amend and extends, with some of the more challenging deals remaining um, now that the more straightforward ones have been extended. Deals are expected to come to the primary market to support GTCR's acquisition of a majority stake in WorldPay Merchant Solutions. Um, For the take private of software group SUSE by EQT uh, and for Apex's acquisition of a stake in medical group Palix. 
Finnish health and social care provider Mehelainen is expected to market and amend and extend. Dutch vegetable spread manufacturer Upfield, which extended the majority of its loans in July, is expected to return to the market with a refinancing of the remaining unextended stubs of its 2025 loans into secured bonds. UK-based gym operator Pure Gym is expected to refi its 2025 senior secured notes. Swiss travel retailer Dufree, which has notes due in 2024 in October, in 26 and 27 and 28, is also expected to come to the market. French industrial group Fieve is expected to refi its 25 senior secured notes. Spanish clothing retailer Tendam's 300 million floating rate 2028 notes are callable from October and may be entirely or partly refinanced soon. Debt may also be raised to support French technical consultancy WebHelp's acquisition of Concentrics. There may be new debt issued for the merger of telecom operators Orange and Masmoville's Spanish activities. Austrian Sensor Solutions Group AMS Osram may also come to the market to address its debt maturity wall of about 1.5 billion euro equivalent in 2025. And debt is also expected to be marketed for InfraGroup, a majority stake in the company is being acquired by PAI Partners. We have also been hearing about something called the snooze drag in amend and extend transactions. We're here with our colleague Ian Chin from the Rio Covenants team. Ian, can you tell us more about the snooze drag? Yes, definitely. This relates to amendment requests of European term loan deeds. Most, if not all, European TLD agreements will include something called a snooze-you-lose provision. The standard snooze-you-lose says that a lender who does not reply to an amendment request is excluded from the vote. This provision is meant to address the issue of loan investors, particularly CLOs, who don't respond to borrower amendment requests. In some versions of the snooze you lose, the non-responding lender is deemed to give its consent and not just excluded from the vote calculation. You can imagine that's tough on a lender, especially if the amendment request is to waive payment of interest or to make some other fundamental change. As tough as that sounds on the loan investors, some CLOs have reportedly allowed themselves to be snooze-dragged in this fashion on the amend and extend request this year. So they knew of the amend and extend request, but they simply chose not to reply so that they can be deemed to consent to the request. Now, that's fine, of course, as long as it's the choice of the CLO, but there's some risk to doing so. In some deals we have seen, the language the borrowers used to effect the snooze drag was arguably not intended for that purpose. And so a CLO accepting the use of ambiguous language in that way tells the borrower that it can continue to use that ambiguous language to deem its consent for all future requests it does not respond to. We looked at language of deals from the second half of 2018 to the end of 2021 and found that the risk of a lender getting snooze drag increases from less than 5% to around 15% if the ambiguous language is read the way that the borrower wants. And all that means that lenders have to be more vigilant to future borrower amendment requests. Subscribers who want more detail, including the typical snooze period, can look at our latest Covenants Trends reports on this. Your insights matter. 
Complete the European Private Credit Survey linked in the description and help shape the outlook of this dynamic market. Reorg will be moderating the panels, why every mid-market CFO needs to know about a debt fund, and what does the dominance of direct lending mean for markets at the second annual IPEM event in Paris on 20th September. Visit the events and webinars page at reorg.com for more information. More information on all the situations and events discussed in this podcast are available on our website, reorg.com. We hope you can join us next Tuesday for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening.